0: You're listening to Conversations on Strategy. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the authors and are not necessarily those of the Department of the Army, the U.S. Army War College, or any other agency of the U.S. government. Joining me today is Dr. Roger Cliff, a senior intelligence officer and former research professor of Indo-Pacific Affairs in the Strategic Studies Institute at the U.S. Army War College. He's the author of China's Future Military Capabilities. It's great to talk with you again, Roger. Thank you for making time to speak with me.
1: I'm glad to have this opportunity.
0: Let's get right to it. Why did you write this monograph? Why now?
1: This monograph was prompted by my observation that many of the U.S. Army's long-term planning documents had set the year 2035 as the target for the capabilities that they described the Army seeking to develop. And that struck me because the Chinese military has also identified 2035 as the target year for its modernization program. So they have a three step program, the first step of which I guess is now complete, which was to largely complete the process of mechanization by 2020 and then to have basically completed its overall modernization progress by 2035 and then to become a world-class military by mid-century. So I was struck by the coincidence that both the army and the Chinese military had chosen 2035 as their target years.
0: What do we know about China's process for developing
1: military capabilities? We actually know quite a bit about this process. It starts with the issuing of what are called the military strategic guidelines. These are a set of principles that the Chinese top leadership issues that describe the types of military conflicts the Chinese military needs to prepare for, who the most likely adversaries are, and what the nature of future military conflict is likely to be. They are not issued on a regular basis. They're issued whenever the leadership feels like they need to be revised or reissued. The most recent revision occurred in 2019. Prior to that, it happened in 2014, 2004, and 1993. So you can see there isn't any specific pattern other than it generally happens about once every five to 10 years. The rest of the process, however, is quite regularized and it's tied to the Chinese government's overall five-year plan cycle. So every five years, each of the services in the Chinese military issues an overall service strategy, which looks out at the next 20 years and the types of capabilities and force structure the service is going to need over that period. And then based on that strategy, 10-year plans and five-year programs are developed. And then finally, based on those, the specific budgets in terms of research and development, equipment acquisition, and so on are issued for each individual year.
0: Based on your current research, can you give us an idea of what China's future military might look like?
1: The Chinese military in the future is going to look Quite a bit like the US military and for the US military of today in particular. They are seeking to acquire many of the same capabilities that we have up until today. They have been largely focused on potential conflicts in their backyard, if you will, but they are developing more and more in the direction of being a global military power with long-term power projection assets like aircraft carriers, long-range bombers, aerial refueling aircraft, and those sorts of things. They really seem to aspire to be military that is in many ways comparable and, of course, hopefully from their perspective, one day superior to the U.S. military.
0: How can the United States and its allies then prepare for and counter the PLA of the future?
1: The most important thing to do is recognize what the PLA long term goals are. And by PLA, I mean the People's Liberation Army, which is what the Chinese military calls itself. I think there's a lot of focus from the U.S. perspective on the current capabilities of the Chinese military or those capabilities likely to emerge in the next few years. The problem with that approach is for the U.S. to develop capabilities takes much more than just a few years, and the same is true in the Chinese military. So we need to look at where they're going over the longer term and not be developing a military to counter the Chinese military of today, because when we get to 2035, they will be quite a bit different than they are today. So that's maybe the most basic principle. But as I said, the U.S. needs to start thinking about a world in which the Chinese military isn't going to be just a regional power, but a global power. And the U.S. military is likely to encounter the Chinese military increasingly around the world. So this is likely to develop into a Global contest for military superiority in which both of the nations are projecting power far abroad. Now, the U.S. has been doing that for many years, but we've also become accustomed to being the only nation that's doing that, especially since the end of the Cold War. And those days are coming to an end. We are going to see a Chinese military in the future, assuming everything goes according to plan. That is very much a worldwide rival to the U.S. military.
0: What else do we need to know or consider?
1: An important thing to recognize is that a lot of uh, where the Chinese military is going isn't really a mystery. If you look into their own publications, they tell us what they are planning on doing They don't make nearly as many things public as the U.S. military does. So you can't go on the World Wide Web and download all those planning documents that I talked about earlier. But if you look at textbooks, the white papers that the Chinese military publishes periodically and so on, you can get a pretty good sense of what their intentions are. We need to take those documents seriously and start to prepare now Based on what they're telling us they intend to do in the future.
0: Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share before we go?
1: I just want to thank the War College for the opportunity to do this kind of research. This is the type of long term, in depth research that one cannot do at very many places. For me, it was tremendously satisfying to have this opportunity but I think also it shows if we devote the time and resources to analyzing the publications of the Chinese military, it's possible to learn quite a bit of value to the U.S. military's own planning processes.
0: If you're interested in reading the monograph, you'll find it at press.armywarcollege.edu slash parameters slash monographs, and it's called China's Future Military Capabilities. Roger, it's always a pleasure working with you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, you can find us on any major podcast platform.